Galair, and welcome to the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, slicing into the GA of the past, present, and future. Join me, Jason Keelan, as we cut into the largest loaf of bread known to mankind. On Slice 20 this week, I chat to the amazing Amory Guinan, star of Offaly GA, podcasting, social media, and radio. We chat everything from her PRO of the Year award, working with the likes of Midlands 103 and Official Camogie Live been labelled one of Ireland's young leaders 30 under 30, playing with Drumcullen, being awfully vice-captain, and what the world needs to know about the Brennan sisters. All this and much much more with one of Ireland's and GEA's much-loved personalities. But first, as is tradition on the podcast, let's take a trip down to Amory's county of Offaly and to the area around Drumcullen. Bon Sultos. This week we head from the southern county of Cork and the home of Tomás O'Leary and north through Tipperary and just across the border into the county of Offaly. The parish that Amory hails from takes in the areas of Lusmondrum Cullen, which are situated very close to both the Tip border and the Galway border. The closest main towns would be the likes of Burr and Banagher, home to St Rhinus. On the county level, we've explored Offaly history and football in Slice 15 with Offaly captain Anton Sullivan. But let's take a closer look into the hurling side of life in the faithful. Despite the formation of the county setup in the 1880s like most of the country, it wasn't really until the 1970s that the county took off in the hurling stakes, primarily due to a new incentive to back hurling in the so-called non-traditional counties. Indeed it didn't take too long to get things going, and in 1981 Offaly won their first All-Ireland title at senior level. Incredibly, they were going to win Leinster nine times between 1980 and 95. However, for many in the GA, not just in Offaly, it is the events surrounding the 1998 semi-final that are perhaps the most iconic. In what was year two of the famous backdoor system, Offaly took full advantage as they were gunned down by the Cats in the Leinster final by five points, with Kilkenny legend Charlie Carter notching 1-5 and a man named DJ Carey getting 2-1. Manager at the time for Offaly, Michael Babs Keating, took aim at his team saying they were running round like sheep in a heap. Two days later Keating was gone and replaced by Michael Bond. Offaly defeated Ulster men Antrim in the quarter-finals by nine before entering a semi-final against James O'Connor and Clare. With the likes of Johnny Pilkington and the Dooleys on form, Offaly looked to take down the Bannermen who were aiming for a third title in four years. Amazingly, just as Offaly looked to have snatched the win, a dubious free settled Clare down for a draw. And then the replay. Things started out bad before even getting on the pitch for Offaly as their bus got caught in the Dublin traffic. As a result, Clare rattled them early on, and with less than a quarter of the game to go, they trailed by double digits. But the call was simply, never say die. First Billy Dooley, then Joe Arity found the net, and the unlikely seemed not so anymore. And then it happened. The full-time whistle from Galway referee Jimmy Cooney. But there was a small problem. That's away by Kevin Martin, not too far. Keenan trying to get it out. Barry Murphy trying to get it back in. This is the man. And the referee has blown up his whistle. But I think he's blown up before time. I think there are two minutes left. And so born the famous Offaly sit-in on the Crow Park turf. Kildare and Kerry B footballers waited to play their All-Ireland final, which didn't happen that day. Clare manager Ger Nan was left in the awkward spot of not knowing whether to celebrate or not. Within hours, word was out that the GEA had ordered a third game between the two. 
Seven days later in Semple Stadium in Thurles, and this time under the whistle of Wexford's Dickie Murphy, Offaly saw off Clare by 16 points to 13, with some remarkable goalkeeping by Stephen Byrne, a key part of the win. Clare, littered with talent in the likes of Davy Fitz and goals, Brian and Frank Lohan, Shawnee McMahon, Ollie Baker and James O'Connor to name a few, couldn't find a way to overcome the Midlands men of Hanafi, Troy, Pilkington, Wheelahan, Dignan and others. Sadly for Offaly, 98's All-Ireland win of Kilkenny would be their last to date. The county has seen somewhat of a demise in the hurling success through a variety of reasons, but with new backing from faithful golfer Shane Lowry and improving systems, the county could once again find themselves at the top table of inter-county hurling, and who knows, maybe this time they will have a referee with a working watch to make it easier. County Camogie in Offaly goes well back to the early 20th century where teams like Ballycumber, Muchla, Tullamore and Rahan competed with the two you will hear about in a while, Lusmaw and Drumcullen. Sadly, the Leinster final win in 1930 would be the only success for long periods due to the decline of the game post-World War II. Clare native Mary O'Brien is credited with revitalising the game in Offaly in the 70s, but with only one club, Tullamore, competing down in the Leash Championship, things looked gloomy. However, by the turn of the decade, fortunes had changed and Drumcullen's reformation, along with the likes of Clara and Shinrone and Banagher emerging, the competitions began again. Clubs have come and gone in the county, but in modern times a steady core of teams has continued, including Anne-Marie's Drumcullen. In 99, Offaly won the Leinster Junior title, their first in almost seven decades. But it was in 2009 when the county's worth was proven, with victory in the All-Ireland Junior final and a coveted spot in the ultra-competitive intermediate ranks. But it didn't stop there. A year later, they were led to intermediate success by Shinrone and county legend Michaela Morkin. As a result of the growth, Clubs like St Killian's and St Rhinus now compete at high levels in Leinster on a regular basis and have made themselves very familiar to many around the country. On a side note, it is worth checking out the Offaly Camogie Crest. It was designed as part of a competition and won by 11-year-old Cuiva Ginty, the only current crest of a registered county jersey to have been designed through a children's competition. Good on you Cuiva. Drumcullen itself is also known by the name Eglish, as is the old parish name. The GA club, like many, can trace back to near the early days of the GA's foundations. In 1890 the club began under the name of Drumcullen as it was the only region of the parish which had no inhabitants. The main history of the area surrounds a monastery built by St Baron, who was the second cousin of patron saint St Columba. St Baron's Day is May the 21st each year. Baron is said to have had a good relationship with Columba and travelled to the well-known Iona and as far as Iceland. Around the club you will find the main local areas of Kinnity, Burr and Kilcormuck. It's very much a hurling stronghold of the country, but had been very much a dual area until the middle of the last century. Locals often played hurling with another local team, originally called Fortal, who won their one and only title in Offaly in 1898, before losing the next two in a row. The club also won a junior county football title decades later in 1973 against Capincur. Trumcullum won their first senior title in 1908 over Ballinamere from outside of Tullamore. The home grounds itself is an interesting story. The field area was acquired in 1959 in a place called Rath, on what was the old Thomastown estate. Ironically, an old map from the Ordnance Survey of Ireland dated 1828 had already marked the spot simply as Hurling Park, which would place it up there among one of the oldest in Ireland. Although it is nowhere near the original estimates of the first game in Ireland, said to be near Kong and Mayo around the 12th century BC, it is still old for the modernised ideal of a home venue. A century after the founding of the GEA, the club acquired new facilities, 
and also their first ever covered section, the first in Offaly GA grounds. Some of the original seats in 1999 in Drumcullen came from the demolition of the old Crow Park Hogan stand. Westmead would be the visitors for the first game against Offaly in the grounds official opening in 1984. To date, Drumcullen themselves possess 17 hurling titles in senior championship along with titles at minor, junior and intermediate levels also. Nearby Lismaw is located across the way from Drumcullen. The club is extensively based around hurling and the small ball. Over the decades they have competed at every level from junior to senior. In 1989 the club won its one and only senior hurling title to date as the men in the red and white captured the title under captain and goalkeeper Jimmy Troy. This made up in some ways for defeats of the past, including losing out in the 82 final. In more recent times the club has won two intermediate titles in 2012 and 15, with the latter leading into a run to the Leinster semi-final, only to fall at that hurdle against Glenmore Kilkenny, who boasted in their ranks the likes of Owen Murphy and Ger Aylwood, senior Kilkenny players, and men who by that stage had a couple of All-Ireland senior titles under their belt. Paul Kinsler would put in a stunning performance, notching 12 of the 13 points Lusma scored, but alas in the end they lost out by 26 points to 13. The referee that day was one Mickey Dan Murta from Westmeath. If you tune in next week, you will hear his name mentioned again in a slightly more comical way. On the Camogie side, Anne-Marie and Cullen are pushing to get back out of the junior ranks after losing a relegation playoff to Kilcormac Lahi last September down in Kilderry. However, the potential for success is there, as the club were 2015 Intermediate Champions and 2017 Junior Champions. Anne-Marie joined the Offaly ranks in 2012, aged just 16. Her father John was a Drumcullen goalkeeper himself. Drumcullen and Anne-Marie still hold the honour of being the most successful camogie club in the county with 14 titles, including a three in a row, beating three different teams in those finals, Burr, Tullamore and Shinrone. Amory has become synonymous in Ireland with her work on social media, radio and elsewhere, including working on the Sports Girl podcast and her own page, GuaranteedAmory.com, which she owns. Midlands 103 and Official Camogie Live would have been some of the places you may recognise the Drum Cullen Camogue from. In more recent times, Amory has moved to the UK for her work with Future Ticketing, but keeps us updated on her change of scenery on Instagram. Hopefully it won't be too long more before we get to see her back on the Camogie field for club and county and back behind the microphone once again soon. And so to the lady herself, Drum Cullen and Offaly star, Anne-Marie Guinan. Hello. Anne-Marie Guinan, future ticketing, how are you? Are <laughs> you like to take it off it? No, no, it's grand, no, it makes noise at all, though. No. <laughs> how are you getting on? Good, how are you? Ah, not too bad, yeah. The first, the first thing I've kind of asked everybody who's come on, um, and everyone I will ask is, who were your major influences growing up locally or otherwise for the GAA? Um, I suppose my club is John Cullen. So mm. we have the most senior titles in County Offaly. So when I grew up, my senior team, I joined playing, I started playing senior when I was 12. So yeah. you were allowed to play really long. So I joined an adult team extremely young. And when I went training, the standard of commitment was second to none I genuinely think no one else was doing it like it's very common now because everyone gives 100% um but back then I don't think everyone was doing that so there was so many I could easily say my whole team growing up was role models to me um there was three Corcoran sisters 
um, to Nugent's and their mother. It was such a family affair. Um, but someone who really did look out for me and always gave me great advice was Elaine Darmody. So yeah. she is um, one of Offaly's senior. Uh, a bit of a legend, stars. yeah. Yeah, um, she's one of the most talented people um, I've ever seen play Camogie, but also, if not the cleverest player I have ever seen with the ball. She knows exactly where everyone is. She knows exactly what every person is going to do. Um, so growing up with her being extremely young, she offered, offered, often even took me under her wing um, and would have said, when I do this, you do this. Or when she does that, you do that. Um and of course it helped me. Like I was only a youngster. So mm. I listened to everything she she told me to do. And then when she left me, <laughs> I was heartbroken uh, when she retired from the club scene. Um, because you felt a little bit like your right arm was gone, that there was mm. someone that was silently in your ear encouraging, telling you what to do. Um, but yeah, she definitely would have been a massive influence for me growing up. Yeah. Is there much of a GA background in the in the Guinan family or? Um, my dad played junior B in goals. So um, uh, there's four in my family. There's myself and my two brothers. Hmm. Um, so Kieran plays Thomas doesn't. Um, Kieran is quite handy. He was the captain of the Celtic Cross off oh, team that won a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was the first year actually um, it started. He was the captain. Um, so it's just myself and um, Kieran that will be hurling advocates in the house. Hmm. Um, my granny loves it, but she never played. Uh, I've been told my grand auntie Bridie has been a very, very talented camogie player, and her um, granddaughter Charlotte will be a very good player as well. So I think we kind of pick it up from different places, but <laughs> not yeah. from Dan anyway. That's that's good. Yeah. No. Uh... I've had a few people say, yeah, it tended to be mostly dad and dad and mm. dad. And then one of the lads just went, oh, my dad wouldn't be it out his way. Like, so is my mother, you know, yeah. so it's it's nice. Yeah, it's a mix in the family. So um, you guys actually, well, you guys did the 24 hour runathon recently, wasn't it? With um for Jigsaw as well. Uh, how did that yeah. go for you? It was really good. Um, It was a fundraiser. Obviously, in Camogie, we don't have access to the funds yeah. like GA teams. Um, we needed to do a fundraiser and plus it's one thing that's probably overlooked is because of the limit of crowds at games last year hmm. that obviously means county boards in particular Camogie rather than GAA yeah. would have access to funds so our manager new manager Susan Erner came up with hmm. the idea 24 hour um, and it was such a clever idea there wasn't a lot of um, organising to it um, you know, it was a GoFundMe page and then every player had to pop up some videos and posts, which is normal because your hand mm. is your phone is in your hand 90% of the time anyways. Um, and it was a really good idea. So I unfortunately got one of the graveyard shifts. I got um, half one to two. Jesus. So <laughs> I ran up the main street of Tullamore. So I ran um, from my boyfriend's house, which is just a little up the road from Tullamore Hospital. So I ran from there up to the street, Tullamore, in the middle of the road. There was no cars. There was no one, which was crazy because 12 months ago, you, pr you probably would have got it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you would have got bags of chips that you're running up the main street. Um, but yeah, we met 
two cars um, and they just went into the square and went on their way um, and we ran back. But it was crazy. When I ran out, I was fine. And then kind of when I ran back, my body was like, what are you doing to me? <laughs> it was like, you know, when you get up to go to the airport in the middle of the night yep. and your brain is just all muddled and you, you don't really know what's going on. But my legs were like that. They were like, why? And yeah. then when I got into bed, my whole body, I just... I've, yeah, I don't I don't think GA will ever be a, night, a nocturnal <laughs> game anytime. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't sound like it, yeah. Um, you mentioned actually Susan Erner there. She's a, uh, an all, all-star all and probably even as impressive, she's a, she's a puck father champion. What do you expect her to, to bring to Offaly? Yeah, so Susan um, came in to our squad last year mm. um, just kind of between all the different games. Um, so... Her first game with us was actually against her native county of Galway. So she, yeah, she did some interviews and she said that was quite strange being Mm. up the the line away from the Galway management rather than being near it. Um, But she played originally for Air Court. That was her club. Um, But when she was with us, she's extremely intelligent. Like her drills are all very match-based and match-based for your opposition as well. And so I was really impressed when when we started to get to do some training with her. Unfortunately, we haven't been able to get back training yet yeah. with her. But, um, everything is structured. Everything is in place. Um, I've actually, I need to go and slag her. I never got to get her by herself. That Drumcullen and, well, Lusma Drumcullen is the, our club. But yeah. would have played um, air court so many times in challenge <laughs> games. She would have been cursing me from the goals and I would have cursed <laughs> him back stopping the shots. Um, so I'd say she she might either I don't know maybe she just didn't know who I was at the time growing up but we used to have great rivalries when we were playing each other. Yeah, that's a that's a good one. I was yeah I suppose I was kind of asking on the fact that with COVID kind of wrecking everything I suppose had you really seen the the best of what she can bring to you? But obviously she's made a she's made a big impact already by the sounds of it. Yeah, I think every manager um, has to adapt, and they're probably struggling a little bit with what mm. they can do. Um, I, in particular, it's probably more difficult for um, new managers because they haven't had the opportunities to make their mark or um, like it is a quite daunting task to go in and face 30, 35, 40 people, capture all of their attention and capture the buy-in to do everything that you want them to do because you want to be successful like that is a difficult task um but Susan has been incredible so far like we get our plans every week we text her we give access to so many different people and backroom teams um and it's just encouraging like it's great to know um that someone is there that cares um Mm. on the phone um you know and then hopefully we'll just get back and hopefully get back (coughs) doing some hurling with other people (laughs) Yeah, she sounds um she sounds very like I was talking to um was talking to two of the girl three of the girls from the Chrisser Law team up in Cavan, the Camogie girls, and they were saying how Jimmy Greville used to essentially uh, babysit them for want of a better word when they went out and that everything was kind of there for them. It sounds like the cheese sort of on the on a similar path. When you mentioned actually the backroom stuff, um you've you've had the the chance to work with Jessica Barr, I think, at one stage, didn't you? sports psychologist from the, the famous Barr family. What, what was it like working with her? Because she's pretty top-notch. Yeah, well, I suppose, um, to just give it some context, um, up until maybe four years ago, um, inter-county camogie teams had very little funding. They had to fund themselves. 
and then we got um, access to a women's GPA grant. So the women's GPA grant um, gave us, it really, it's, it, it does, there is a figure on it. It's, it's 9,000 euro of a grant, but to us as players, it's unlimited opportunities because okay. all of a sudden we have access to pitches, physios, sports psychologists, nutritionists, um, and, you know, people, certain conditioning costs, people that we may have never been able to afford mm. prior to that. So um, in year one, I don't think we had a, a sports psychologist, but then in year two, Jesse came in. Um, and it was really interesting to kind of acknowledge the way that our brain works. So when you, for, the scenario is you're in training, and you're not very confident at catching a ball or catching a high ball and the ball comes to you and in your head you say don't drop it yeah don't drop it hmm. and straight away by saying don't you're putting a negative um analogy into your head so you all of a sudden your body is becoming restrictive you're nervous rather than telling yourself catch the ball catch the ball hmm. so you're going from don't ca- don't drop it to catch the ball and it's kind of that sort of stuff at a basic level we started initially with on how we can um, train our brains to look differently, have a different perspective on things um, in games and our, our ourselves as players. Um, and then as the year went on and the years, we had it for three years, um, how we react to certain situations. So when you're losing, how do you react? um do you drop your head or do you keep going um and if you needed a one-on-one session with her you could do that with her and I did that a couple of times I just found her incredible um and during that time frame I was naturally a forward and I was asked to play as a back so um I was going through that struggle internally in my brain you know terrified every time the ball was coming in and then all of a sudden I found myself from going from corner back to full back and every, okay, well, maybe it's just culture, country people, but every <laughs> curler or commodity player in the country would imagine this big six-foot yep. tree, three-foot wide, yep. full back, <laughs> pull strokes, pull the ball out of the air, pull the person out of the way. Um, and here's me, five-foot-five, one-foot wide, um, <laughs> no, not a very airily strong player, put in front of a goalkeeper. And terrified every time the ball came in absolutely terrified because I knew the stakes were so high if I made a mistake and it was that those sessions that I had were heard that completely changed my mindset um and became where I could become a more confident comfortable player in front of the goals and because I was adapting my mindset from being similar to don't catch it don't mess up to you you will get this ball so, yeah, she's she's an incredible woman. Um, she talks so much sense. She's one of the most articulate people I've ever heard speak. She just can communicate on an extreme level. Um, you know, I, I have great admiration now for her. She's she's amazing. Yeah, that yeah, that positive reaffirming the positive. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose as it been in the classroom and at the moment, yeah, during COVID, I'm constantly having to try and reaffirm the kids positive attitude as well so yeah that's she sounds incredible yeah, I've only read little bits and pieces on her I suppose since you mentioned actually I was going to ask as well um where is your kind of preferred position are you still the five foot five preferred to be at fullback or would you rather be up the other end oh I I would prefer to be up the the other end yeah. if I'm honest yeah. um 
I live to be a forward, I think. Um, I always was a forward up until maybe three or four years ago. Um, and I went in cornerback. Now, I do have to say I, I did enjoy cornerback. Mm. Um, I had a great bond at the time with my full back line of Sarah Walsh and Trina MacDonald. The right. three of us were on an amazing hymn sheet, genuinely. We called each other out. We encouraged each other. Like, we were brats we were actually brats on the field like just <laughs> sneering and that's it Sarah you have her yeah she's in your back pocket just non-stop we were terrible we were just thick as thieves in the full back line um and then kind of things got moved around we got moved around again and got moved around again so we haven't been back together I'd say the two girls though would love for us to be back together as well because we were we were just brats um but yeah I I love um I love half forward line I really love okay. being in the full line, but I patience. It's just <laughs> yeah, as a kid. Yeah, really. You're, wait, you're waiting for that eighty-yard ball over the top to hopefully land that you see you can uh, knock something. Yeah, I oh, know that's uh, that's good. Yeah, it's, sounds like you could still uh, you could still take the fullback position though fairly easily as well. So um, I'll come back to the the awfully bit in a bit. How did the the media work come about? I know you were the the PRO of the year in 2018. And did it kind of just, was it always something you were interested in or kind of did it just come about in a different way? Um, no, it definitely came about in another way. Um, when I was in school, I was doing my leave cert, and my mum died when I was very young. Mm. Um, so I was going to the guidance counsellor and just the secondary school, St. Brendan's Secondary School, um, offered um, grieving counselling if you had lost mm. someone when you were younger. So mm. it was quite... Um, it was a really good opportunity so when I was with the guidance counsellor she mentioned that she thought social care would be a great course for me to do um and you know I haven't gone through it that I would be able to relate to kids um and in hindsight thank god I didn't I genuinely don't think I would have been a good social worker (laughs) but um what happened was in the same year we were um, playing for Offaly and I was the captain and we got to the under 16 All-Ireland. Sorry, this was fifth year. Um, we got to the under 16 All-Ireland final. And in the lead up to that, Willow Callaghan, who works for Midlands yeah. 3, was mm. a lot of our games. So we met him a couple of times. And we did interviews um, in the lead up to the game. And it was just a remark that my auntie Marguerite passed. She just said, why don't you look into doing like radio like she's like you were in front of the radio and you seem so comfortable talking why don't you just look into it and see is it something that you'd be interested in so I did um and I came across my the degree I did which was media and public relations Mm. in IT Carlow um and that course is kind of like an arts course of media like it covered so much like we video we did radio we did PR we did um kind of writing or articles Hmm. um and it just covered so much um so when I was in that course I then I was actually working for Midlands 103 when I got into that course um maybe about six months in and so I became the producer of um the Sunday sports show Hmm. the inside line um and you probably know Will O'Callaghan his mind he has knowledge of Sport yeah. and every accolade that every player has had um so I was lucky enough to work alongside him and learn so much from him um so I worked there for must have been four or five years and um, but during that time as well 
the Offaly Camogie PRO position um, became available. Mm. So Carmel Carl, who was the treasurer at the time, um, rang me and said, look, would you be interested? Um, and I said, yeah, why not? Um, and I am someone who always strives for more. So what was the PRO criteria, I all of a sudden find myself kind of dipping into other elements. So yeah. I was getting sponsorship. I was um, doing campaigns, events. Um, so I kind of found myself in every aspect of PRO and it was a great experience. Um, the reason why I gave it up was because I don't want, I'm not finished yet. I want mm. to go back to that role. So you can only do a role for max five years in a yeah. row. Um, so I want to go back to that. Um, but it was incredible. Like the goodwill that's out there for people uh, or from people is incredible. Um, whether it be club scene or inter-county scene, um, you know, people would ring and they would say, when are you doing your finals? Or, yeah, I'll sponsor that. No problem. Hmm. Um, and, you know, they don't, they genuinely don't really look for anything back. They just want to be involved in camogie or they might have relatives that are involved and they just want to see women in sports driving. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of a mixture of those things um, between volunteering and then my course and working. Um, but it, you still you still use your my media degree and kind of the experience I've had in every day. Yeah. It's kind of the world I live in. Yeah. Do you enjoy? Um, I know you're pretty good on the stats and stuff. Is the statistics and info side, is that something you're big on? Because like, I'm obsessed with it. Is it something you just kind of comes with the job or is it something that you're naturally kind of interested in? um probably a little bit of both um I think if you're investing your time into anything you need to also look at your results yeah or look at the stats or the figures and you know you always need to scale and look at what you're doing and is it worth the time or is it worth the the project that you're you're mm. or the time or the end that you're putting into Anton. So it's kind of a bit of both. Yeah, sounds good. Yeah. No, it's uh I love I love the statistics um myself. Uh you were made the I suppose come back to Hoffley, you were made the vice captain in uh 2019, the senior team. Um how do you find coping with the Brennan sisters uh on your team? Because I, I would be fairly familiar with them. So how do you cope with them? Yeah. Yeah. Um the Brennan sisters are incredible. I have to say the three of them are incredible. Um, my favorite Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> I played with um, Rachel and Ashling in secondary school. Mm. And then obviously as we got older, Kira has joined in. Um, mm. but they're just such gifted curlers. Um, like you know, you kind of feel sorry that they're camogie players that people can't actually see how talented they mm. are. Um like they're the backbone of their club um kira is one of the fishest people i've ever seen in my life she yeah. would run all day non-stop yeah um non-stop um but yeah they are they're nuts put a put a drink in front of them they're nuts even more yeah. nuts. <laughs> the, the last the last time i saw them was in well with covid and stuff was july 2019 and the last the last thing when i said good luck to them they were standing on the edge of uh Baggett street and the three of them were begging their mother to go to coppers. <clears throat> that was the last time I saw them. So, yeah, uh, I haven't chatted them in a while because of COVID and stuff. But I, you know, I just sat there because I'm like, I'd be half afraid of them because I reckon they'd kill me. Uh, if, if they treat them at a hurl, I reckon I'd be dead. Like they would literally batter me. I'd yeah. say they are done or if they seem no, fit. Yeah. 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 Um, when you were made the vice captain, then what, um, 
did you have to take up any extra responsibilities or was it just a, a brilliant honor for yourself and kind of you know uh, the result of all the great work over the years um kind of a bit of both um I was really honored to be um joint captain with yeah. Jean McDonald she was so she was actually the fullback and I was the cornerback yeah um, so that was um so it was a great honor um I suppose that year was quite difficult Um, we struggled to retain players massively that year mm. um so for a variety of reasons so we had to luckle down and try keep players on the squad um so it was quite difficult we had to do a lot of ringing around um and try to encourage players yeah. to keep coming um to take attendance for training and um, <laughs> jeez yeah it yeah. was um so it is it's a, a terrible thing for me to say but i don't look back on my time as joint captain very fondly okay um but i know that so many other people have a greater experience mm. of being a joint captain and i hope one day i will too have a better yeah. experience of being a joint captain um but yeah of course there is a lot of extra responsibilities when you become one of the leaders on your team mm. um but yeah like i i'm honored that i i got that opportunity because there is players on my team that i know that haven't got the opportunity yeah. and they stop playing pretty soon or have stopped playing um, but I don't look back on that year pretty, uh, very fondly, no. Uh, um, and what about club level then with uh, Trump Cullen? You guys were 2015 junior champions, then 2017 intermediate, but then Kilcormack Kilahi did a bit of a job in the relegation. Then what do you need to do to, to get back to the top? Yeah, like, um, so Trum Cullen is the, has won the most yeah. senior title in Offaly. Um, and then uh maybe about six or seven years ago we had to amalgamate with Lusma inside yeah. Banner. So we became Lusma Drum Cullen. Um sorry, it's not an amalgamation because we're not we haven't been disbanded. It's just a, a, jo- a joint to become one club kind yeah. of, yeah. Hmm. yeah. Um there's so many, oh my god, the ins and outs of all those <laughs> all those different rules is crazy. Yeah. I didn't actually know, like it's so strict. Um so, uh, yeah, so we joined with Lusma um, and the first year we won intermediate, but it was kind of a funny, the structure that year was crazy. It was like if you get to the quarterfinal and you lose, the two losers at the quarterfinals were in an intermediate final. Um, so you could, I think after that right. year we lost all our matches and then, and then won a, an intermediate quarterfinal. <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, I know. I know. And poor Kinsey that we played have beaten someone along the year, and they were obviously kicking up stick because they had yeah. won a game and lost the intermediate final, and we had <laughs> lost all our games. And then I think Elaine actually scored like a long range free that was a goal that the last couple of minutes um, to win that game. So it was kind of feel like robbery. Um, and then the following year we won um, junior. Mm. So structure kind of in awfully every year always changes and um, we kind of have a couple of we're a bit like the all-ireland Kogi championship we have three or four very strong teams then three or four the same standard and then we have one or two that are quite weak hmm. um so then after that yeah we haven't been in any finals um or anything really since we last other, year other than a relegation one i suppose <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> yeah last year we, uh, what happened that? Yeah, so we played all our games last year. Um, 
and we lost all of them. But we were so close to Shinron in the quarterfinal. Mm. Um, we were winning at halftime. It was the best performance I had seen. Like our team is extremely young. Mm. Um, there was one girl older than me playing, and I'm 25. And then everyone else was younger. Um, like we're extremely young. And I think even this year I could be the oldest one on the team. Um, so we played really, really well. And what I still I still think about it, that I scored a goal and it was disallowed. Um, and then apparently a couple of weeks later, the referee told someone that it was actually under the bar, not over the bar. Oh, just I, I don't know, but um was there no nets, no? We there was. There was. I'd, I I kick myself regularly that I didn't kick up an absolute stink. I, if, that, if I ever score anything like <laughs> next year, I would, be, I would be adamant every time. I'd be telling the referee 10 times, that's over, that's over, that's under, that's under. I don't care. Um, I'm never letting it happen again. Um, yeah, so wow. then we got to Karma and they bet us. Um, and then we got them again and they bet us. Um, but so we're kind of, we don't really know what's happening at the moment. Um the county board are restructuring the competition. So we don't really know for relegated. Mm, yeah. Which I think really it's crap. Um it's crap if we had to play a relegation final and not be relegated. Mm. And I, I mean in the best sense that yeah. we were all crying when we lost because we know that we're a senior club and we set out to be a senior club and we were so disappointed um that our best wasn't good enough essentially mm. and we came back to my house and we had a couple of drinks and we messed and laughed and um we had to go then back to the drawing board this year so it's it's quite difficult as a player in any circumstance to go from losing a really important game from the year previous into a new year and try motivate yourself mm. if especially if you get relegated um it's quite hard like if you win or get to a quarterfinal and get knocked out like that's that's a positive. Yeah. Um, so if we aren't um, relegated, I will be a little bit disappointed because, or not disappointed, know, um, yeah. but a bit upset to go through it. You know, the hardship yeah. and the heartbreak going through that after a game. Yeah. Um, and then, and then potentially not be relegated, but yeah. no, fingers crossed we're not. And then the, like, Our even the, yeah, even the like psychology part, like you're, you're gearing yourselves up to push to get back. Whereas, if you're then told, oh, well, actually, you're not relegated, you're like, oh, we have to kind of restart all over again because it's going to be a different opposition. You're, you're gearing up for something totally different. So is there any chance of them making a decision on it? Or you need a good PRO in that county. I think that's what you need, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, uh, we do. No, Alan Harris is brilliant for <laughs> PRO. I do. Great. Um, but no, we don't have a decision yet. Um, mm. But I suppose to look at it on a different angle, we will now... Have start from scratch so we have an opportunity to start as an underdog and then come back and um, it's, it's beside his bed sorry come my in, family bring him in for the chest my, my <laughs> family believe that when i work that it's in the drawer in the drawer <laughs> his bed. like they just open the door amory yeah. Stand at the bottom of the stairs as loud as they can. Amory, and I'm like, when the door is shut, the door is shut. <laughs> oh, brilliant. I think he oh, wants he so wants to chat. Bring him on there for the crack. He probably wants to talk as well. That's the brother that doesn't talk or that doesn't hurl. So he oh, okay. to talk. Oh, uh, fair enough. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just oh, working from home. I yeah. in the last couple of months, 
I just feel like they think I don't physically work. I just I sit up here and look in at the computer all day and do yeah. nothing. Jo- join the club, yeah. It's uh, you spend double the amount of time you would in the classroom sitting talking to a screen, and then you go online and you read that. Oh yeah, we're doing nothing at home, and yeah. So yeah. I know all about, I know all about. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds familiar. Um, uh, I've talked about the travel as well. If you're big into the travel, like myself, uh, where is your favorite destinations? I suppose. Oh, or where's I next? Where's say, next on the list, really? Well, my favorite destination is LA. I regularly think about LA. Oh my mm. god, it's just um, it's electric. The yeah. atmosphere, um, the color, the culture, um, the people. It's just. It's just different. Mm. Like it's just so different to Ireland. Um, and obviously it's a city. Like I live yeah. in a more village. Mm. Um, so it's incredible. Um, and then when you watch like the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills or <laughs> Sesame Hill, you know, you see that you're so close to these places. So it's kind of like little reminders every yeah. now and again. Um where to next? I really want to get to Australia, but obviously the borders are closed. Um mm. my boy friend's uh, brother and his girlfriend are out there and they're out there the last um two years now in july and we haven't got out to them hmm. so we do all them visit. yeah um but i'd love to go like around bali and all those islands around there yeah, um, they're lovely yeah. Well. yeah a lot of people do them for like six weeks um or longer so kind of have to have your wits about you and ready to go if you're going for that long i don't yeah. know if i'd be able to leave the bag for <laughs> six weeks <laughs> Uh, I I would have thought the same. Like um, I would have, I'd, I'd still be a real home bird at the same time. But my wife like would rather live on an airplane. So um, like yeah, yeah we started in Burma, and then it was Burma to Indonesia, the Philippines, Borneo, and it was like eight weeks. And yeah, I I wouldn't be great to live out of a bag. But yeah, you kind of get used to it in some ways. Um, it's a funny kind of, it's a funny place, Bali. It's lovely, but um, Bali is in many ways is my least favorite part of indonesia because all the other parts outside it are just unreal um i'd probably nothing against bali it was still absolutely cracking like but uh, i go back there last probably out of it's it's essentially as my cousin from australia says it's basically their version of going to going to spain and holidays for australia they just go to bali because it's like on the on it's it's basically their version of spain as he says so yeah Yeah. um but yeah no i definitely to so much like publicity unlike the other mm. islands that that's yeah. why people know it. yeah and the other ones are likely to have an earthquake and blow up at some point i'm sure so yeah a few of them really did um what would be uh is there a standout night of celebrations or week of celebrations that you can remember from particular games or finals or anything i've, I've had some cracking oh. stories actually the westmead girls when i speak you were talking about raising money for trips away and stuff the Westmead girls spent most of the time arguing whether it was Marbella or Malaga that they went to and like because they couldn't remember so uh that sounded like the best week of their lives um yeah. is there any particular celebrations you can remember um oh god there's a couple I just wish I had more I wish I had one yeah. more to have more celebration yeah. stories um, some of the nights um are just mad like when you think of them like when we we won county finals like I was completely underage and <laughs> girls were standing for the dancer and you were running into the pub behind them um which you know like obviously won't be allowed now but mm. at the time there was just so much fun um I suppose with our club then 
um, a couple when we won the junior, um, I was joint captain, and a couple of us said for the crack we go on the beer drinking like the way people with the way lads do really yeah. like you know the lad, lad wins county final you never see him from one end <laughs> to the week. yeah um now we didn't do the week we did three days i think it was um so we won the county final we went out the night of the county final and the next night we went up to klein which is our local pub and um, which is closed at the moment obviously um but we only it was only a couple of us it was myself um laura darmody and emer darmody and emer was a teacher um, and Laura was a student in Limerick, but we bullied Emer into staying out with us, Emer and Laura's sister. We bullied her to stay out with us and go to Melba's. And we went to Melba's and Bar, and there was no one in there. I am not messing. The three of us were in. And we like stayed in a little section in front of one of the small bars. So the whole place was empty. But we, oh, it was just, it was mean. Like we just bullied her to stay out and she hated us. And she did handstands in the whole lot in Melba's. <laughs> It sounds very innocent, but it was just funny because it was the three of us. Um, but then another, one of my best memories ever playing from Offaly was um, about two years ago, we played Cork and we came on the bus home from Cork. We got absolutely hammered. We were never as bad. I think it was like 6.25 to 3.2 or something. It was crazy. And he got hammered on the pitch. It. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Hammered yeah. On the way home as well. Right. <laughs> we stopped in a Tesco and the bus was just full of drink and we laughed and messed the whole way home and played games. And then we landed into Burr and all the gear bags were just packed. Whoever had a car in Burr, all the gear bags <laughs> were just packed in the car. And we walk down then into town. So we always end up in Wheelahans, um, for some reason, whatever it is. Sure. Good, good hurling family. <laughs> yeah. And you end yeah. up in Wheelahans and you're on the bar and you're on the tables. And there's like, you know, you meet all hurling strongholds and everyone is just messing and laughing. And um, But it was just they're, they're, like some of the just bits and pieces that I can remember. Like Roshi Negan disappeared for about two hours and she came back and she had gone home and come back and got changed and drank a nagging of vodka. Um, there was another girl who, <laughs> um, <laughs> crazy. You know, when we went for a burger, she was like trying to order a burger without a tomato, and she couldn't say the word tomato because she was so drunk. And there's these big, big concrete balls in Burr. If you've if ever anyone has ever yeah. been to Burr, they've these artistic concrete balls yeah. and sure you're drunk god they are hurdles like you run your best <laughs> and you try run over them and you're on them and you're jumping off them and the whole lot and um but anyways Roisin and my friend Ellie Eleanor Glendennan is one of the maddest people I've ever met in my life Um, actually I'll tell another story about her in a second yeah, but we um we there's a video um of Ellie and Roisin in the chippers and poor Roisin is choking and Ellie is laughing talking to someone else but Roisin is nearly dying <laughs> and they're just the people are absolutely cracked like when you when you get to them but it's brilliant that are here down oh they're just they're all cracked yeah what was what was uh, another story did you say about the other girl or... oh Ellie oh yeah I don't know if she'd kill me, but um, oh, sure luck. <laughs> we went out in Tullamore 
Um, it was last year. It was just one of the nights before lockdown. It's kind of started mm. the league. We went out in Tullamore. And um, we told Ellie we'd be in... Um, oh, God, the name of the pub has gone out of my head now. It's the one in the middle of the square in Tullamore. I should know. Phoenix. My mother, we my mother used to work Phoenix, in the laundry so right told- there. I should remember. So. <laughs> <laughs> And it was the Phoenix Pub, and we went in at maybe say we told Ellie we were meant to be there at 11. But we were out in Sarah Walsh's house, myself, Christine Cleary, Maria Teton, and um, sure, obviously, everyone knows pre drinks get out of hand and you laugh and you mess and you drink a little bit more, and you're always late when the crack is good. So, we ended up getting into town about 12 o'clock. Um, so we when we went in, we um rang Ellie and she was like I'm actually outside in the car so she'd been sitting there since 11 o'clock with me we'd forgotten all about her and when she came in <laughs> she just goes oh no and we were like what and she was looking down at her feet and she had a pair of flip-flops on her <laughs> she to change her shoes before she came in obviously she ran out of the house in yeah. the flip-flops and brought her shoes in her hand so she ended up going out and telling more for the whole night in the flip-flops oh my god I don't even know in. I don't know how a bouncer like even let her in. Not not ideal for the dance floor, yeah, definitely not. No. <laughs> there's some cracker stories. That's brilliant. Yeah. Um, yeah. The last uh, the last question, and then uh, there's a quick fire round if you want to have a go at it uh, afterwards. A bit of crack. Uh, the last one, which is the most vital question of all that uh, I've asked everyone, is uh, Have you won anything in the club lotto? No, and my daddy is a lotto seller. Right. So I don't know how that works, but I should be winning every week. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. Uh, uh, I had my first winner actually recently enough. Uh, Zach Moradi, you probably know. Um, Zach yeah, the, yes, yes. Um, Zach, the, the Leitrim man himself, won four and a half grand in his, uh, his Dublin club, Thomas Davis GA, won four and a half grand. And uh, apparently, a second time, split another seven grand. So uh, I've had two winners, yeah, mm-hmm. and both him, which is a bit bizarre. So, uh, yeah, I'm still waiting to find. Uh, actually, my best, the best one I got, um, one of the girls won a sheep. <clears throat> That's my favorite one. She won a sheep. Yeah. A sheep. A sheep. A yeah. raffle. Or- yep. Oh yeah. She won a sheep. That's that's my favorite one. Yeah. So yeah, if if Enton tops that, I'd be delighted. So uh yeah, if you want to try the quick fire round and then uh then I can let you go. I'll uh, stop taking up all your evening. So uh quick fire round is not a it's maybe not as quick as I thought it was because uh, I had like okay. I had a lot of people like going, uh, let me think about that one. So uh let's see how it goes in here. What's uh what's your favorite ground you've ever played on? Oh, my own club. Your I just own. like we ne- we really get to play there because yep. of like home and away. Um, yeah. but every time we get to play, I just love it. Class. Uh your least favorite ground. Drag in Tipperary. It's so narrow. It's so heavy. The grass is always long. It's just a fortress for Tipperary. Like they just, it's hard to beat them there. That's funny. Uh, you're the second person to mention that actually. Yeah. Um, and neither of them, neither of even Tipperary. Um, yeah. If you had to pick one travel destination, uh, where would it be? Ooh, good question. Um, I'd like to go uh, to Switzerland. Okay. Really Switzerland. Um the mountains and the parks there look incredible. You could go to Germany and it's half the price and you still get all the nice mountains as well. So <laughs> yeah. Um would you be more uh, uh short puck out or long puck out? Long. Long. Okay. Get it down the field. <laughs> <laughs> uh 
I've had that a few times as well. Uh, as a supporter, would you prefer the uh, the tea and the ham sandwiches from the car or the pre-match pub? The tea and the ham, I think. I think mm-hmm. the kind of the the pre-match pub is gone unless you live in Tullamore. Yeah, I think like Tullamore is laid out perfectly to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to Eugene's pub at the top of the town and then you can walk in. All the dubs do it. Like when you look at the dubs coming down, they get the train, they walk into the town, they get the drink, they go to the match, yeah. they get the drink and then they train home. Like perfect. Yeah. But when you kind of when you go to your own games, that's kind of more difficult. Yeah, it is a little bit, yeah. Um you have a choice of one, the famous GA one hats, flags, scarves, or headbands. You can pick one. Hats, scarves. Flags, headbands, headbands. Headbands, okay. Uh, Marty or Des? Marty. Marty, okay. Uh, Gerlock Nan or Davy Fitz? Oh, that's tough. And that's <laughs> tough because when I think about them, I just think of Connor's sketches. Yeah. Um, Connor's brother lives basically beside me here. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, Probably Gerlach Nan. Actually, no, I'm going to take back Gerlach Nan because he called awfully Herder's fat. So, no, it'll be <laughs> Davy. Okay, I'll go with that. Uh, who's your favourite pundit on TV, male or female, in any sport? Oh, that's quite difficult. Um, that is quite difficult. Um, I've, had a, I've had a lot of answers, actually, where that one from every sport under the sun now. So. I like um whoa. Shane. Now the name's gone out of my head. Oh my god. It's not terrible. I actually can't think of his name. <laughs> I can see I'm literally checking on Twitter because yeah. I can't think of his name. He I can see his face. I know what he looks like. If he was in a lineup, I'd be able to pick him out. <laughs> You'll find him there eventually. When you go, oh God, what's the likelihood you go into Tipperary GA and they're following 257 people? (laughs) 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 Oh God, what's his name? It's not Shane because I'm not researching Shane. I'm getting him confused with someone else. What sport are we talking? GA, Tipperary Hurler, played midfield for Tip. Wore a yellow helmet. Isn't that terrible? I can. It's like brain, Just brain gone. Uh, um. They would have been playing back in twenty thirteen when they won. Didn't they win thirty two? Um. It's not like Lara Corbett or one of them, or oh no, not no. Lara Corbett. No. Is it Shane McGrath? Shane McGrath. Shane McGrath. Okay. Okay. He's brilliant. He's on Team FM. He's very okay. Good. Okay, take him. So, uh, if uh, if Susan Erna got sacked in the morning and you had a choice of Angela and Downey or Brian Cody, who would you take? Not that she's going to be sacked, obviously, but uh... <laughs> I think I'd take Angela and Anne. Okay. Uh, what's the strangest or funniest thing that's ever been shouted at you from the sideline by anybody, supporter, manager, doesn't matter who? Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> this 
runs out of my head straight away. Um, we had one manager who called a girl over to the sideline and he said, um, Orla, stay here, stay here beside me. And Orla was like, what are you talking about? And then the, actually it could have been Ashley and Brendan taking the free. Okay. So the free was about to come in and he just pushed Ash or pushed Orla back onto the field and started going, Ashley, hit the ball to Orla. Orla, run, Orla, run. And it was like genuinely it was something you'd see in an under 14 match. It was <laughs> horrific. Horrific. That is hilarious. Oh, that is bizarre. I've not heard one like that before. Definitely not. Uh, if there was a GA transfer market in the morning, who'd be the one player you'd bring in for Offaly Camogie? You can get mm. rid of all, all the Brennans can be shipped out. Don't worry, I'll get rid of them. Go through the teams in your head. Um, I'd like someone like Grace Walsh, someone like attack and defender. I think kind of that's the way GA has gotten that yeah. kind of Limerick current model. Yeah. Um, so someone like Grace Walsh, like an attacking wing back, or um, Sarah Durvan from Galway. She's mm. the sturdiest fullback I've ever seen, ever. Yeah, Denise Gall's name has come up a few times as well, actually, with the uh, Camogie. Yeah, that's a Kenny one seems to be a common trait. Uh, who's the best hurl maker? We need more scores than defenders, <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, who's, the, <laughs> who's, your, who's the best hurl maker? Old Brian Gatt. He lives a couple of K up the road for me, and I never, I've tried a couple of other ones, but I always go back to him. Okay, fair enough. Uh, studs or moles? Moles, because then you know it's summertime. Yeah, good, yeah. Uh, sweeper, no sweeper, or how many sweepers? <laughs> oh, oh my God. I'm actually going to call St. Rhinus Camogie on this. St. Rhinus Camogie used two sweepers. They used Grania Do- <laughs> yeah, and Roshi Negan. And I to mark both of them last year in club championship. So no sweepers. <laughs> right. Okay. St. Rhinus, you're getting called out here. Uh, second last yeah. one. Your favorite sport outside of the GA? Um, I, I better say athletics. Um, I hate running, but all my boyfriend's family are runners. They were on Ireland's fitness family before, so I better say mm. running. Okay, I'll take that. And uh, last question, the million-dollar question. In your lifetime of 25 years, who has been the greatest GA player in your lifetime? Oh, that's a good question. That's quite difficult because in my 25 years time, time, our, our Offaly was winning all Ireland, but I'm too young to remember it. So I watch back like Locker Gale and video clips. Of, I can count them if you if you want to. Yeah, winning. Um, but they're, they're memories that I almost are forced on me because they've yeah. been like TV pro. There's a commentary on them. Um, that's a difficult question, male or female. Um, that's that's not a quick fire question. Um, <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, I've had a mix of answers. All right, I've had everything from like Brian Fenton to Conor Callahan. Denise Masterson's come up a couple of times. Um, yeah. Um, you see, I like growing up. I was a massive fan of like Richie Hogan. I thought he okay. was just incredible. And then yeah. he got injured, obviously. Mm. So in most recent years, he hasn't been the caliber player that he is. Um, so he was someone I always aspired to. And then probably in Camogie, 
Um, it would probably be someone like Aoife Murray or Gemma O'Connor from Cork. Mm, okay. Um, probably swing a little bit more to Gemma O'Connor because she was just always there. She always popped up when they needed her. Um, you know, and she's quite a... She's not outspoken. You know, she just does her interviews after the game. She's not controversial in any sense. She mm-hmm. just goes out and plays. Probably probably her, yeah. Probably Gemma O'Connor. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, Amory, thanks so much for coming on. I unbelievably appreciative of uh, you giving up your time and uh, it's been great crack as well. I've uh, I've learned plenty about uh, about Trump Cullen and awfully Camogie as well that I that I did I thought I might have known but I clearly didn't know about and uh, I'll I'll remove the Brennans off the off the team fairly uh, fairly soon. I can I can get. Oh no, we want them. We want them. We definitely you? want them. We need them. Yeah, they okay. are incredible. You know. Okay. I'm telling you, St. Day is coming. They will be county champions sooner rather than later. Okay, I'll have to. Uh, I'll let they'll them know have, that. They'll have to bring. Yeah, they'll have to bring Mammy, Mammy Brennan to um, Coppers then. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they'll find some way to get to it. Yeah. Um, Amory, look, yeah. I let you go, and thanks a million. I unbelievably uh, appreciate you coming on. It's been serious crack, and uh, I'll give you a shout before it goes out. As I said, we might leave it for for a while, and. Uh, because I've had plenty coming up and uh, we'll find a good time and get you get you in the spotlight. So no problem. That's great. I really appreciate it. It's actually so good to get out of my own head for a while and go back into memories, you know, that kind of hmm. don't exist unless you're looking for them. Yeah. So it's uh, good. A few people have said that to me. I had um Davy Burke's advice to me mostly was he said, You have a brilliant, you know, niche kind of thing going on. He said, just don't let anyone come on and talk about championship structure. And I said, No, I won't, don't worry. So that's uh yeah. that's my main thing to avoid. But yeah, no, it is nice. Like everyone has kind of said the uh, bringing back the memories kind of and having the chats and just, you know, not coming on, you know, wondering if you're going to be quizzed on something political and topical and then your name's on the paper the next day. Like I just don't want any of that. So yeah, I just I like yeah. the I like to kind of chill that the chill way of doing it and it kind of reminds of yeah it reminds of GA in the 90s and early 2000s like you know it was just the crack and there was no bullshit with it so it's nice just to get a bit of that again but uh yeah look I'll uh, I'll keep in touch anyway I'll let you know when when it's going up but uh hope all's good down and awfully and uh I'll chat to you soon hopefully so no yeah thanks Emery yeah mind yourself take it easy all right I'll talk to you soon yeah thanks, see you later bye. take care bye bye Coming up next week on the Loaf of Bread GA podcast, we cut into our next slice. Next week is our final week of Loaf 1 and it will be Slice 21, the final whistle. I have the chats with three referees who will bring us through the final moments and the additional time of the first loaf. Referees Barry Kelly, Niall Ward and Ken Bangy Gunning. We chat everything from taking on All-Ireland Finals, the free against Bubbles O'Dwyer in 2014, red cards in county finals, back talk from the nephew on the pitch, and a very special referee banter section where listeners have sent in their own anecdotes for the men in the middle. You do not want to miss some of these unique GEA tales. That's Slice 21, the final whistle. The final slice of Loaf 1. That's next Thursday from 9am. Until then, I'll leave you with this awfully GEA moment from 1994. Jack Boothman, first time as GEA president to present the Liam McCarthy Cup to Martin Hanamy of St. Rhinas in Offaly. Offaly are the All-Ireland hurling champions for the third time ever. What a day. Slánagy. <laughs>